world. Good morning. My name is Rick Pina. I am bringing you today's word for September 21st, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled God is Faithful. I see people are tuning in. Good morning. Good morning, Reginald and George, Teresa, Brother Murray, Monique. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I thank you for allowing me to share the word of God with you on a daily basis, especially the fact that God is faithful, that we are coming back to see God's faithfulness on a daily basis. I'm looking at your comments. So thank you for leaving comments as we go. I'm doing a few things uh, differently this morning. Um, so as I'm, I'm looking at these things, I'm going to be able to share some of the comments that you put up there. I thank God for you. God bless you, Nikita. That God bless you, Tim. So we're about to get, we're about to pray. We're about to get started. If you haven't shared this message, please do so. Share this message on your social media on your timeline, with your friends. Uh, let people know that we're about to get started with this word, and I'm telling you, it's going to be good. It's going to be a blessing. I'm glad uh, Clarice Burnett is watching. God bless you, Clarice. I'm actually going to talk about you guys, and, and I'm going to give a little bit of my testimony today. Clarice's husband, Pastor B.W. Burnett, was the person that preached the message on August 27, 1995, when I got born again. Praise God. All right, so I see people are tuning in. God bless you, everybody. Please share um, the message. Like I said, call somebody, text somebody, share this on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Let's pray and let's get into this word this morning because God is faithful. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to minister your word to your people for your glory. As I give myself over to you in this moment, I'm so excited about the word that you gave me. I'm so thankful that I get to do this on a daily basis. And so I give myself over to you, spirit, soul, and body. Everything that I am, everything that I'm not is yours. It's in your hands. I'm a conduit. I'm a vehicle. I'm a channel. I'm an instrument of all of this. And so you speak through my vocal cords. You think through my mind. You operate through my limbs, that your power, your glory, your anointing, and your favor would flow through me, that people would see Jesus in me, that people would hear Jesus through me, that you will be glorified and edified. I lift up the name of Jesus. I declare that Jesus is Lord over every person that's watching now live and over those who will watch later. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So listen, God is faithful. I, I'm, I'm in this series right now on God is faithful. And then we have a series inside of the series, but I just love getting up every morning and reminding myself of God's faithfulness. God is faithful towards us. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God will never turn his back on you. If you haven't seen uh, yesterday's message, you owe it to yourself to go back and watch that message. God is faithful. All right, so now let's get into the word for this morning. Uh, so we've been looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I told you that there's a bunch of verses here in chapter 4 that we're going to walk our way through. I'm actually going to do something a little bit different today. I'm teaching a series inside of the series entitled, We Can Withstand and Overcome Anything. This is part six. Uh, but when I got to verse 10, which is where we're going to be today, and I was about to break down and teach verse 10 like I normally do, uh, the Lord just led me a different way to kind of share my testimony. So this is part six. The title of today's message comes in the form of a question. And the question is, um, have you given your life to Christ? My question is, have you really given 
your life to Christ. Now, for real, for real, like, you know, have you given it to Christ? So that's what we're going to deal with today within the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. I got to read all these verses to you every day because, man, this got to get down in your spirit and then we'll get into the message. So verse 1 says, now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with this privilege. We have a privilege of the new covenant ministry and we will not quit or faint with weariness. Verse seven, we are like common clay jars that carry around this glorious treasure within us so that the immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't even know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own body so that the life of Jesus could be revealed through our own humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our own humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. Now we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first, I believe, then I spoke in faith. So we also believe, and then we speak in faith. Verse 16 says, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outward man is gradually wearing out, our inner man is being renewed every single day. Verse 17, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. It really matters how you look at things. And when, when you look at whatever challenges you're facing right now within the light of eternity, within the context of God's glory, within the context of God's plans for you, Yet then we see it, watch this, the text says, we see our difficulties as the substance that is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond all comparison because we don't even focus our attention on the scene. We focus on the unseen. The scene is temporary, is subject to change, but the unseen is eternal. So for today, I want to look at verse 10 and I'm going to come back to verse 10 again tomorrow, but we continue, continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies, so that the resurrection life of Jesus would be revealed through our own humanity, another text says, through our own bodies. So as I was meditating on that this morning, that the goal is for people to see Jesus in our own bodies. The goal is for people to come to know Jesus through us. Yes, can they see Jesus in the sun, the moon, the stars? Of course. Can they see Jesus in the middle of a jungle and God? Yeah, of course, of course. But I'm just saying that for us, for you and I, the goal is for people to see Jesus in us. Right. I mean, like you name the name of Jesus. People are looking at you. You say you're a Christian. Then the goal is for people to see Jesus in you. So I want to talk about that today. Also, I'm going to talk about it within the context of my own personal testimony. So I have two things to share with you in this morning. I believe these two things are going to be a blessing to you. And then tomorrow I'm going to come back to verse 10 again. So number one, let me let me share a few things with you about my testimony. So God performed a miracle in my life at the age of three. Now, I've told this story before, but some people don't know it, so I'm going to share it again this morning. So when I was three years old, I got hit by a car. Um, and this was 1975, and I got hit by a Lincoln Continental. Now, I normally say I got hit by a 1975 Lincoln Continental, and those things were built like a tank. Now, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, that car probably wasn't brand new. So it was 1975. So it might've been an earlier model, 1970s Lincoln Continental, or maybe even in the sixties. But bottom line is those things, there was no fiberglass in those things. Those things were like tanks, right? So this Lincoln Continental hit me in 1975. I was three years old and um, it hit me so hard, boom, that I slid under a van. And at first people couldn't find me. 
Now they knew I got hit and my mother ran outside and everybody was freaking out. Uh, this was on New Jersey Avenue uh, uh, in East New York, Brooklyn. I got hit on New Jersey Avenue, almost at the corner of Sutter. And so I got hit. I slid under a van. Uh, people are freaking out. They're trying to find me. My uncle, Sergio, Sergio was the one that looked under the van and found me, grabbed me and, you know, and pulled me out from under the van. And so my mother's looking down at me and I had blood coming out of my ears and my nose and my mouth and I'm unconscious. And, and so my mom and my dad had just gone through a divorce. So think about my mother in this moment. My mother is in a foreign country, foreign to her. She was an immigrant. And so, so now she's in the United States. She doesn't know English. She's only been in the United States for a few years and she just lost her husband and she's about to lose her only son, right? So that's the situation she's in. And so she's looking at me lifeless where I'm unconscious and I have blood coming out of my ears, my nose and my mouth and I'm three years old. So somebody flagged down a cab. We didn't have a car. So somebody flagged down a cab and my mother jumps into the cab with me and I have blood you know, it's, blood is leaking out of me. And, and, and so there's blood all over my clothes. There's blood all over her clothes. And so they're going uh, to the hospital in the cab. And my mother, of course, is thinking that, you know, she just lost her husband. She's about to lose her only son. And she looks down at me and she says, and, and, and excuse me, I, got, I, I actually got a, little, I, I got a little emotional this morning when I was typing this out. But she lifted, she said, God, please. She said, I don't want to lose my son. She said, if you would spare him, I will give him to you. And, she, and when she lifted me up like that, I woke up. I woke up in the cab and then she held me. And then we got to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, um, of course, they see, you know, that there was really no, no triage. As, she, as we get to the hospital, she's running in with this three-year-old kid, blood everywhere. So they grab me right away. They take me to the back. They rip my clothes off. They start checking me. They come back and ask my mother what happened. She doesn't speak English. They had to get somebody. So they translate and she tells them what happened. They go to the back. They check me again. They come back and ask my mother again. Well, maybe it's the translator. I'm not understanding. Tell me again what happened. So she, through the translator, tells them again what happened. They go back, check on me again. They come back to her the third time and say, can you, hold on, ex explain what happened again? And my mother's like, hey, what, what, what's the problem? Like, you know, I'm telling you what happened. And they said, well, ma'am, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but we could see the blood on you. We could see the blood on his clothes, but we can't find no cuts, no bruises, no internal bleeding, no, no signs of trauma whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with this kid. And so they kept me for three days. <laughs> it's the only, only time I've ever been in the hospital in my life. And so they kept me for three days for observation. And all I could remember from, from those three days is me eating a bunch of ice cream. That's all I could remember. And, and I'm 49 years old now. I have never spent a night in the hospital other than those three days. I've never even gotten an IV, right? I, like nothing. But here's my point though. My mother dedicated me to God. She lifted me up in that, in that cab. She gave me to God. I mean, for real, like she was like, I'm going to give you this boy. If you spare him, I'm giving him to you. And in her mind, when she did that, in her mind, she saw me dressed in white. And she saw her and me in the Dominican Republic at this particular church that's up on a mountain and, and it's like a holy mount. And so she saw me and her at that place, me dressed in white. And so when she lifted me up, she was seeing herself dedicating me or giving me to God in the Dominican Republic, all dressed in white. 
And in that cab, she made a vow to the Lord. She said, the next time I go to the Dominican Republic, when my feet hit Dominican soil, me and my son are going to go to that place. He's going to be dressed in white and I'm going to give him to you. That's what she said to God. She made a vow to the Lord, right? So fast forward a few months, my grandfather, my mother's father was, was dying. And so we get word in New York, hey, your father's dying. And in the Dominican Republic, you got to go fast because I mean, once somebody dies, they bury him sometimes the same day, if not the next day. So my mother was like, oh man, we got to go. And so my mother had already bought the white clothes. Watch this. So my mother grabs me. I'm three years old. Uh, and so we jump on a plane. We go to the Dominican Republic. I'm, I'm dressed in all white. And when we get there, my uncle picks us up at the airport. And of course, they, they want to rush back to their father. And my mother says, no, no, no. We got to go to this church first. We got to go up to this mountain first. <laughs> my uncle's like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Daddy's dying. She was like, no, you, you don't understand. I made a vow to the Lord. We got to go do this. And my mother's persistent. My mother, she, when she gets on something, my sister's probably watching. You know that my mother's pretty persistent. And so, um, you know, when she gets on something, it's, it's hard to like get her off of that. So she was like, no, we're going. So she convinced her brother to go. And so they go up to this mountain. And uh, when they get up and when we get up there, she takes me all dressed in white. She lifts me up to God and she fulfilled the vow. And she said, Lord, this boy is, your, is yours. I'm giving him to you, right? He's yours. We do baby dedications like today. Listen, I'm telling you, this stuff is powerful. It's, it's no joke. You got to dedicate your children to God. I mean, she gave me to God, right? So she did. And then God is so gracious. He's so merciful that God kept my grandfather alive until my mother got there. So my mother got there with my uncle and they went, I was, I, I don't remember all of that, that, that well, uh, I do remember him dying, but my mother got there. She got to spend time with the father, uh, on his deathbed. And then he passed away. And then, uh, and, and that was that, but God, God kept him alive. Thank, thank God for grace and mercy. And my mother kept her vow to the Lord. Right? So here's number two. I only have two things to share with you in this morning, but I'm tying all of this together. Believe me, I'm going somewhere. So number two, the second point is really a question. Have you really given your life to Christ? So this is what I want to talk to you about today. Have you given your life to Christ? I mean, for real, for real. Like, have you given your life to Christ? I see James Burns. James, uh, you're on here. Well, you and I were in Kuwait in 1995. I'm about to talk about Kuwait uh, here in a minute. I'm about to talk about Leo Jacobs. And so, so here we are. I want to know if you really have given your life to Christ. I was raised in church. I was raised in the Catholic church. My mother made sure that I, I got baptized when I was one. You know, that's the way she, she, was, she was trained. Uh, uh, even though I, I, I personally don't believe in baptizing babies. That's, not, that's a different, different discussion. But anyway, I was baptized when I was one. She made sure that happened. She sent me through catechism classes. I went through catechism classes. I got my first communion. I did uh, Holy Confirmation when I was 12. I did all the things that you're supposed to do. I attended church regularly. I confessed. Uh, I did my confessions on Saturdays. I went to mass on Sundays. I did all of that. I did everything I was supposed to do, um, but I didn't know Jesus. Now, this is not this is not an indictment against the Catholic Church. This is just my personal testimony. This is really more an issue with me. There's people that 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 uh, my mom is one. There are many people who love God who who are born again, 
in every church, in every denomination. So this is not an issue of denomination. I'm just giving you my personal testimony. So anyway, I went to all of this and I didn't know Jesus. I went, I went to church Sunday after Sunday and I didn't know Jesus. And so then I joined the army at the tender age of 20, uh, uh, 17. So I was 17 years old when I joined the army. I'm going to talk about when I was 23 here in a minute. So I'm 17. I joined the army and then, you know, you get stationed all over the place. In 1993, I got stationed on Fort Bragg, North Carolina. When I got stationed at Fort Bragg, one of the guys in my unit invited me to play basketball with him and his church on a Saturday. So I went and played basketball. They gave us pizza and all that cool. He was like, man, why don't you come to church tomorrow? I was like, all right, cool. I'll come to church tomorrow. So I came to church and uh, I went to this church. It was a Baptist church. And once again, I'm just telling you my, my, my story, right? So I'm there. I'm listening. Fayetteville, North Carolina. I hear the word, good word. At the end, he's like, the pastor's like, all right, hey, every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And so we're like, you know. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, if you were to die today and you're not sure whether or not you go to heaven or hell, raise your hand. And I was like, you know, I raised my hand. So they see, I see your hands. I see your hands. All right. So if you raise your hand, come up here. And so I went up there and, and they asked me to go to the back. So I went to the back and there was a, a young man there who was like, hey, let me, let me lead you in what, what people call today the sinner's prayer. And this is dangerous, right? This is why you... Nobody knows for sure if you really got born again, because this is a matter between you and God in your heart. So the guy says, hey, repeat after me. I was like, you know, you know, God, I repent. I don't even know what I said, but whatever he told me to say, I said it. And after I said it, uh, he was like, hey, congratulations, you're saved, you're born again. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. But on the inside, I knew nothing had changed. So then those people started calling me, come to my house and all that. Hey, come back to church, come back to church. And I didn't want to go back to church. I didn't want to go back to church because I didn't want to deal with the fact that nothing happened. And it wasn't really anything wrong with them. It was just something wrong with me. And so fast forward now, I go to Kuwait. I'm 23 years old. James Burns, that, that's on the, the stream right now. Uh, and I and, and, and Leo Jacobs, we were all, I think we were all staff sergeants together, actually. So I get to Kuwait. I'm a 23-year-old staff sergeant. I get to my unit, 385th Signal Company. 54 Signal Battalion, Camp Doha, Kuwait. I get there and now I'm 23 years old. Watch this. It's tw It's been 20 years since my mom gave me to God, right? It's been 20 years since she gave me to God. In the army, you run into people all the time and ask you, are you saved? And I'm like, dude, if anybody's saved, I'm saved. I've been going to church all my life, you know? But but so anyway, I met Leo Jacobs. Leo Jacobs, James knows. Leo, oh my God. Leo was, something just drew me to Leo. And Leo and I are still friends today. He lives in Maryland. So, so here we are, I'm talking to Leo and I'm drawn to this man. I mean, he's so articulate. He's so well-spoken. He seems like he's so educated. He was like, I mean, this, and I was just straight from the hood. I was like cursing every third, third word. Uh, uh, Leo says, dog, Pina. He says like, you, when you talk, he was like, filth, foul, filth. Hey, yo, filth, foul, filth. I used to curse a lot. I mean, like every third word was a curse word. I mean, it was terrible. And so, but I was drawn to Leo and I was like, Leo, what, what makes you tick? Like, I mean, and Leo was not ashamed. He was like, my secret is Jesus. It ain't no secret. I'm born again. It's Jesus all day, all capital letters. You need to come to Jesus. You need to come to church. And so he invited me to come to church, August 27, 1995. I've told this story many times, so I'm not going to get into all the details. I'll give you the fast version. I walked into the chapel, Camp Doha Chapel, August 27, 1995, as a 23-year-old hard-charging, arrogant, egotistical, overachiever, right? Staff sergeant. And I walked out born again, for real, for real. Like, I mean, so so that's the, you know, at, at the end of the day, I was there. Pastor B.W. Burnett, Clarice Burnett is on right now. God bless you, mama. Uh, Pastor B.W. Burnett preached the message. 
I would love to tell you that I remember what it was. I don't. All I know is that at the end, Pastor Burnett said, hey, if you don't know Jesus, come up here. I was like, man, I ain't doing that again. I, I just sat there at the back. I pulled out the little, I don't know what you call it, where you put your knees on it. Uh, that's how I was raised. So I pulled that thing out. I got down on my knees. I put my hands like this. And I said, God, I don't know what this save thing is. But I know I don't have it. And I know I want it. I said, God, please, would you save me? And in that moment, in that moment, I knew I was born again. I, I gave my life to Christ. I mean, I gave my life. In that moment, I gave, I was like, anything, everything I am, everything I'm not is yours. I'm not perfect. I got all kinds of issues. I got all kinds of flaws, but I'm giving you my life. My mama gave me over to you 20 years ago. Now I'm doing it myself. I'm giving myself to you. I gave my life to Christ when I was 23 years old. I gave myself to Christ. And so when I did, I was born again. I knew it. I mean, I just knew it. I went over to Uncle Frosty's. You've heard me tell this story, right? After, around the chapel, there was this place called Uncle Frosty's on Camp Doha. I went over to Uncle Frosty's. Leo Jacobs was there. We were both getting like hot dogs or something. And I was like, Jake, I got saved. And he was like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, he didn't believe me because I didn't go to the altar. And I was like, no, dude, I got saved. And, and then he saw the conviction in my heart. I gave my life to Christ. The text says, listen, we are handed over to death. Yes. Are we going to experience things in our own body? Yes. But this happens so that the resurrection life of Jesus can be seen in our own bodies. When you give your life to Christ, I mean, for real, for real, and you make him your Lord and you give yourself over to him, then Jesus is going to be seen in you. Since that day, August 27, 1995, am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. I, I don't ever claim to be perfect. I'm far from perfect. It's the grace of God. But everything that I am and everything that I'm not is in him. I have given my life to him. So let me give you a few nuggets as we close for today. The goal is for Jesus to be seen. For the text says the goal is for Jesus to be revealed through your own humanity. People can see, yeah, can people see Jesus in the woods? Yeah. Can people see Jesus in the stars? Yeah. Can people see Jesus in the sea? Of course, of course, I got it. But they need to be able to see Jesus in you. I'm talking about when, when people come in contact with you, they need to come in contact with Jesus. The goal is for Jesus to be seen through your humanity. Some people are, are churchgoers. Some people say, oh, I'm joining this church. Some people are members. Oh, I'm a member of this. No, no, no. Listen, I, I don't, I'm not asking. I could I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what church you're a member of. Your name is on that roll. No, no. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm saying, have you given your life to God? I'm not asking you what church you go to. Are you born again? Have you given, I mean, for real, for real, given your life to God? Either God is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. You can go to church and not be born again. You can quote scripture and not be born again. I've done it. You can repeat prayers and not be born again. You can say, oh, God save me and not be born again. I'm saying, have you given your life to Christ. And if you've given your life to Christ and you've given, I'm like, God, I'm yours. Listen, then now you can become who it is that God called you to be. God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. And I was born without knowing anything about those plans. When I was three years old, God I mean, my mother gave me over to God when I was three years old. 20 years later, I gave myself over to God. Now that I'm born again and I've given myself over to God, I've given him my life 
The goal is for God to be seen, Jesus to be revealed through my own humanity. Everything that I, this is why I'm not, I am unapologetically me. If God is going to be seen, he has to be seen for me. I'm a Dominican kid from Brooklyn. I, if I'm preaching, I'm going to quote some rap songs. If I'm, I, I'm going to, I talk how I talk. I, I, I'm not trying to be nobody else because Jesus has to be seen through my humanity. I, I, I am who I am and I'm not ashamed of who I am. So I've given my life to God, everything that I am and everything that I'm not. And God can use that if you would just give yourself. My question is, have you given yourself for real over to God? Because if you have, God will use you for your glory, for, for his glory. If you have, God will speak through your vocal cords and think through your mind and operate through your limbs. So don't focus on, yeah, well, I'm a member of this church. Listen, I appreciate your church. Thank God for your pastors. But that's not what I'm talking about. Have you given your life to Christ? I mean, for real, because if you have given him your life, then he is your life. This is not like Jesus is my life. That's it. It is in him that I live and I move and I have my being. There's no, there's no other. Every time I got promoted, every time I got some type of ceremony, I remember people would show up in, in the Pentagon Hall of Heroes. My name, Rick Pena, is on the program and, and, and somebody would say something nice about me. And as soon as they finished and they give me the mic, all right, now, Rick, we get to hear from you. The very first thing I want everybody to know is not, I'm not a self-made man. It is in God that I live and I move and I have my being. I, God, Jesus is not something I do. Jesus is who I am. I have given him my life. God doesn't have my Sundays and Wednesday nights. God has my seven days a week. God has my 365, 24-7. Everything that I am and everything that I'm not is his. I have given him my life. I only want what he wants. I only want to do what he tells me to do. If he doesn't, if there are things that he tells me to do that I don't want to do, but I'm still doing it. I'm still doing why? Because he is the Lord of my life. I've given him my life. If God doesn't tell me to stop, I can't stop. There are times I get frustrated. There are things I don't want to do. There's things I want to shut down. God, I don't want to do this no more. And, and he'll be like, did I tell you to stop? Oh, okay, fine. Uh, you didn't tell me to stop, so I got to keep going. And so I have to do whatever he wants me to do. My life is is his life. His life is my life. I am in God and God is in me. There's no separation between God and me. If you've seen me, you've seen the father because he lives in me. I'm, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Jesus lives in me. I'll close with this. I was, I was 23 years old. I got born again. And I was super bold when I got born again because I was super bold before I got born again. And I was talking to a Kuwaiti friend of mine. I was in the gym in Kuwait. And I remember this on Camp Doha. And I was talking to my Kuwaiti friend. And, and I mentioned, you know, about Jesus. And I said, no, Jesus is alive. And he said, no, you can't say that. You can't say that in Kuwait. And I said, no, I can't because I'm on U.S. This, 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 uh, um, Camp Doha is U.S. sovereign uh, property or something like that, where basically on, on a U.S. installation, I get the same laws as back in the United States. So I could say whatever I want to say. And it was like, no, 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 you can't say that. You can't say Jesus is alive. <laughs> and I'm 23 years old and there was a bunch of dudes playing basketball. I remember it like it was yesterday. Me and this Kuwaiti, my Kuwaiti friend were lifting weights and there were a bunch of guys playing basketball. And I said, hey, hold on for a minute. Attention in the gym. Everybody stopped playing basketball. They look at me. And I said, Jesus is alive. I know he's alive because he lives in me. And the Kuwaiti dude was like, really? Really? That's what you're going to do? But I'm just saying for, <laughs> for real, I'm like that. Like Jesus is alive. How do I know? He lives in me. I've, I've seen through much, too much. I've experienced too much. I, you, can't, I don't, you can't just know Jesus in a book. If all you know is Jesus in a book, I'm sorry for you. I mean, you don't really know Jesus. You got to know him for yourself. You got you to give him your life and he will be your life. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out 
with a declaration of faith. Hallelujah. Man, I was excited this morning. I was telling my testimony. Tell your story. Don't let nobody rob you of your story. It's your story. Let's close this message out. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for leading me to level up in this season. I level up by dying to self. I have given you my life. This means you have it all. Everything I am and everything I'm not, it all belongs to you. I'm not just a church goer. I'm not just a church member. I am a child of the most high God and God lives in me. I have given my God my life. Everything I am is in you, Father. And everything you are is in me. The world will see Jesus through me. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, uh, you get all my notes for free. So go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I shared my testimony today. I'm going to I'm gonna teach from this verse tomorrow, but I just wanted to share. I was led to share my testimony today. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. I pray that my testimony was a blessing to you. Do me a favor. If this word was a blessing, then go leave me some comments in the chat. Obviously, I'm looking at the comments now. And then share this message on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning.